Bible today, turn to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. And in Proverbs chapter 10, we're going to read this chapter as a message today, and we're going to take it one verse at a time. So I'm not going to read the whole chapter right now. I'll read a verse and we'll stop and pause. But it's the Proverbs of Solomon, and I do not have a three-point outline on this sermon. I did not organize it to try to create some theme. God organized these Proverbs in the order that he chose. He did it by the Holy Spirit. He did it through Jesus Christ. And he did it so for whatever purpose. So he talks about a whole lot of things. But the thing I want you and I to learn from this chapter is that when uh, he steps on your toes, you just need to mark it and learn from it because if, and I have a message to you, if you, uh, if I preach this message today and read these verses and nobody in here gets their toes stepped on because of this, then uh, I'd like to know your secret because only Jesus could read through here and be 100%. So this is a amazing scripture. I just felt compelled really about the practical nature of life and how God has given us words to live by. And so today, we're going to let God be our teacher. We're going to learn how we are to live. And that means we have to see where we're making mistakes. So let us start with Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. And may the Lord bless his word as we have it read to us today and even in the words that we're going to read. So you start out in Proverbs with Solomon, and he makes this amazing contrast between a wise son and a foolish son. This could apply to girls too, so let's don't get too caught up in gender-specific nature. It's very important, though, that we understand the common sense but absolute devastating effect of not following what God wants us to do. So... God wants all of us who are men to be wise sons because every one of us as men are sons. So we need to be, still be a wise son. My dad died. Does that mean I need to be a foolish son now? No. I need to continue to be a wise son or be a wiser son for sure. Because what does a wise son do? Makes a glad father. And I do believe that if you really want somebody, a parent to be happy, uh, a parent needs their son to do right. And when their child doesn't do right, of course, it hurts them because that's the other part of the verse. A foolish son is the grief of his mother. And, and you'll notice here that does that mean that the father never grieves? Of course not. The poet, poetry and the symmetric way in which Solomon says this is trying to make a point. Now, I can tell you for a fact that uh, our generation doesn't value children as much, I think, as previous generations. And yet, people say, I hear people say things like, oh, I wouldn't have a child today. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I don't want a child because of this, this, this. And yes, there are many problems with having a child. There's no question. First of all, look at this verse. This verse tells you that having a child is a real risk. Because do you know from the moment that child's born whether that child's going to be a wise son or a foolish son? No, you don't. There's no guarantee. And that's scary because I can think about the, the downside is very bad because if something goes wrong, you will just tear your heart out if something went wrong. 
And so that's the, the downside of being a parent. But I want to tell you that the upside of being a parent is much better, and it outweighs the downside. Because if you look here, he says, a wise son makes a glad father. It's a good thing to have children. I don't have children, uh, and God may not give us children in, in, if we don't, or if we don't adopt, then we don't have them. Uh, so in some ways, I don't have to experience the lows that you can get as having a child, but I don't experience the highs. And that's always going to be something that we have to live with. Does that mean that we can't serve God? Of course not. And in fact, uh, we need to be doing things where we are helping people. So I'm trying to help a lot of other parents raise their kids at school and doing things like this. So I certainly put in my own, I have my own share of grief and joy in dealing with young people. But remember this, this is a verse not just for parents, it's a verse for us as people. Let's don't be foolish children. Let's do right so our parents in heaven would be proud of us. And let's make sure that we understand how important it is for uh, us to honor God's word. Now the next verse, treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. So here is, again, uh, there was a show on TV years ago, Gomer Pyle, he's, he talked about ill-gotten gain. <laughs> and uh, I, literally, if you think about it, people who get their money through wickedness, evil, and cheating people, the Bible says it profits nothing. It gains you zero, uh, not just a little. No, it doesn't profit you at all. You lose. It's a, it's a net loss. But righteousness delivers from death which I think is amazing. Talking about living right, hey, money cannot buy immortality, but the Bible says here, clearly righteousness delivers from death. So the Lord will not allow, in verse three, the righteous soul to famish, but he cast away the desire of the wicked. So there's two contrasts here. First of all, he's not talking about your body here. He's talking about your soul. And did you know that in your soul you have wants? That's, are wants important? Well, a lot of people are self-righteous and say, oh, I just need to, to just get what I need. I don't have to have wants. Really? If God made you to have wants, he has the ability to grant you what you want. Uh, God is not a person who is poor. <laughs> he is super rich. And not just rich in material possessions, he's super rich in giving us satisfaction in our lives. So God has made both your needs and your wants, and he made us to have both. So he says, though, that the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish. And I believe that in your heart, if you're always just not happy about something, then that's either a sign that maybe either you're not right with God because or maybe it's a sign that God wants you to hunger and thirst for him. And you maybe just need to refocus your, where you're pointing. But he promises, this is a promise. He says he will not allow the righteous soul to famish, to do without in their soul. So please, as I look at this verse, I have to say, you know what, God? I want you to make me such a person so that I will be content and happy in you and that I will sincerely seek you with all my heart because you promise in your word, you're not gonna allow the righteous soul to famish. But on the contrary side, but he cast away the desire of the wicked. So if we are 
doing evil. And if we're living in a sinful way against God's will, he takes those desires and he says, oh, you want this? Boom, it's gone. He takes it away. He takes it away. So getting right with God is, is our priority, not getting our wants. You see how that works? He doesn't allow us, he doesn't even allow us to go without if our heart's in the right place. But if our heart's in the wrong place, we do without a lot of things. And that's sad. And that's why so many rich people, uh, today even, are not happy people. Because you can't be happy in things. You gotta be happy in the Lord. Verse four, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. So the scripture here talking about a person who refuses to work. They just don't put their full effort into it. They never work with their hands. They never accomplish anything at all. And the Bible says they become poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. A person who little by little, little by little, little by little, faithfully takes care of needs, that person will be prosperous. And that's a very practical thing. The, uh, every day in school, uh, I teach the kids another proverb, and they have to write down and explain that proverb. And uh, it's, it, it's letting God do the teaching. Hopefully, God will teach these young people. But we need to be taught by it. So every day, we take a proverb and try to, to learn from it. So work hard. It's biblical. Verse number five. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. You know, there are seasons for everything. And I can, a lot of you uh, know about farming. And can you imagine somebody in harvest season saying, uh, I'm going to take, take a vacation <laughs> during harvest season? Uh, the, you know, there's a time to go somewhere. Not too many of those spots for farmers because they work year-round nearly. But literally... You've got to work in harvest. When the opportunity is there, work. And the Bible says that it's clear that if you gather in the right time, for them it was in summer, uh, the things they had to gather, you're a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Again, the contrast is clear. The Bible here tells us that we should be having blessings if we are living right. Righteous just means living right. And the head of the righteous receives blessings. But the violence, violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Just, things are not going to go well for them. I heard a story about a, a fire that happened in Spain in which this uh, home was burning. And uh, the firefighters got to this home. And they saw this man dressed like a matador on top of the roof of this burning building. Smoke is going everywhere. And the matador is out there doing all kinds of things and making all these moves like a matador will. And they said, sir, sir, you need to jump because the, the building is burning. And he responded, my name is Valiente Jose. I am the greatest bullfighter in the world. I am not afraid of anything, not even fire. So he kept on doing this, you know, doing all these little things. And they kept pleading with him, jump, please. And he got mad at them. And he started saying bad things and cursing these people and the firefighters. But when the flames finally started really, really getting to him, he decided he would jump. So as he came over to the edge, 
He saw the target down there. All the firefighters had it there, the, the cloth they had pulled out, and he jumps and he gets there, down. And all of a sudden, when he gets close to the target, the firefighters pull it away and say, Ole! <laughs> Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. The memory of the righteous is blessed but the name of the wicked will rot. Now that's a good contrast. Uh, Solomon makes very clear statements about wickedness and that over time it will sour, it will get worse because people will just detest that person. But the memory of the righteous is blessed. When we remember righteous people, it gets better and better. The stories get better uh, over time because we, we don't remember that people like Abraham Lincoln, who did a lot of good things, he was just a man, but we tend to lift them up. George Washington, just a man, but we tend to lift them up unless you're deliberately trying to tear them down. But it just shows you that living right leaves behind a blessing for people. Verse number eight, the wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. And uh, think about this. If you really want God to direct you, be wise in your heart. Try to make wise choices. Make sure that whatever you do is not a foolish thing to do and seek God for wisdom. So if you're wise in heart, you'll get your orders. He's going to tell you what to do. He's going to provide you direction. So be wise in your heart. That Now, wisdom is a good choice. Sometimes the choice you make is because you have wisdom. Don't expect God to give you a laundry list of everything you gotta do. You know, God doesn't say, okay, get out of bed, uh, go to the bathroom, go to the shower. He doesn't tell you to do these things specifically. But a wise person finds out that if you don't do these things, you've got severe problems. And so God has told us to be wise, and so wisdom is its own direction for us. So we need to follow God. So God says a wise in heart will get their commands. In other words, the wisdom will indicate what we need to do and do wisely. If it's foolish, it should be clear that it's foolish for all. So make your choices wisely and don't wait around for God to knock you over the head to tell you what to do. Do the wise thing, that is good. And if it's not the direction God wants you to go, that particular action, you know what he'll do? He'll interrupt it and do something else for you. I mean, literally, God does this all the time. So just do whatever you do in the name of the Lord and make sure you make a wise choice. Everything will be taken care of. But a prating fool will fall. Somebody who thinks they know it all, have all the answers, forget it. They're going to go down. Verse number nine, he who walks with integrity walks securely. Oh man, that's very important. But he who perverts his ways will become known. You can only be a fake for so long. You gotta be a person of integrity. You gotta live for Christ and live for God inside and live in your character. So if you walk with character and with responsibility, then you will be secure. You'll have safety. But if you pervert your ways and if you just fake, then that is not gonna work. It'll be known. So please try to walk with integrity. It's so important to be secure in your life. And you don't have to worry. If you did it right, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Verse number 10, he who winks with the eye causes trouble, 
but a prating fool will fall. So in this case, he's speaking negatively in both cases. So a person who winks with the eye is you can't believe what they say a lot of times. And they're just uh, not actually telling the truth. You've heard, seen it on TV where people will say something, but then they'll wink, you know, like, like they don't mean it. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter. Or I've seen people do silly things like they'll say something on TV and movies. They'll cross their, their fingers, put it behind their back. So that means they can say whatever they want. It doesn't have to be true. That's weird. But uh, in, in these cases, the Bible says that that causes trouble and a prating fool will fall. That, that verse prating fool is a very interesting one because it just means somebody who has uh, foolish uh, lips. So somebody who just talks and talks uh, foolish things. And there are plenty of people who do that. So we don't want to be that way. Verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. So we have here again, this picture of violence that actually is associated with people's mouths. Evil people start riots. Evil people start violence. Evil people shout things that cause troubles. And the Bible says that a righteous person's mouth is a well of life. So we should be positive in our statements with people. We should be blessing people. We should be dealing with people in a way where when we speak, it's producing life. And I like the fact that Solomon makes that contrast. He actually makes the connection between evil speech leads to evil action. And absolutely true. I, I've had seen a few fights that happen at school. It happens everywhere. I, I don't, I'm not one of those that panics over it because humans are humans, you know. I know some people think, oh, that's the worst thing ever. No, it's not necessarily the worst thing ever. It's just normal. So when a fight breaks out, I've, I've seen kids that uh, actually got punished more who didn't throw the first punch. And the reason why it's just to punish the person who didn't throw the first punch sometimes is that maybe the other person's mouth was causing the problem. You know what I'm saying? Because you can start a fight with, with your mouth. Did you know this? <laughs> it does happen. People will hit you if you say the wrong thing. And you can, you're, just, you're just messing around and, and playing. It's like those people that jump into a tiger den and expect everything to go okay with them. You know, oh, I'm, I'm having a good time. You play around with that tiger for a little while. It won't work for the long haul. So please watch your language. You don't be stirring up trouble with your mouth because the mouth of the righteous is a well of life, not violence. Verse number 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Wow. This should be the motto of every Christian organization. We should literally have this pasted in our hearts because if we are stirring up strife just for the sake of doing it. And it's very appealing because if we think we're right about something, we're going to go try to get other people to help us to get right about something. And then we'll try to blame somebody else. The truth is we should always operate with love so that we can point everybody in the right direction and get on the right page because love covers all sins. If we all are trusting each other with love, then Certainly, stirring up strife is not going to be a part of the hatred that can happen. Verse number 13, wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. 
but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. <laughs> so basically, a fool uh, should be basically beaten, but uh, if you are a wise person, a person with their lips, speak wisdom with your lips, you'll you'll have wisdom and it'll show you have understanding. And that's extremely important. Wise people store up knowledge. That verse 14 there is very interesting because it's it, it, with life comes experience. Now I've taught school for quite a long time now. So I have uh, young first and second year teachers. Uh, and I can easily see when they're making first and second year teacher mistakes. And if they don't get it corrected, it, it, they won't be teachers very long because you got to learn from those mistakes. There's a learning curve to everything you do. How many of you have made a mistake at work? <laughs> we do make those mistakes. It's no fun. That's not fun. But there's a learning curve. And so we want to make sure that we learn from the mistake. Let's don't repeat it. Let's, okay, we did it wrong. Uh, Ricky, do you fire every worker that makes a mistake the first time they make that mistake? You'd be the first one fired. <laughs> You'd be the first one fired. Yeah, that's what he said. So you can't, you can't, it's not about perfection here. It's about storing up knowledge and then learning from it and doing better the next time. Learn from your mistakes. A wise, a wise people store up knowledge. And this means experiential knowledge over time. Very important. But the mouth of the foolish is near destruction because fools don't store up anything. They don't learn from their mistakes. They don't learn from other people's mistakes. All they can do is talk and talk and talk and talk and cause troubles, which is why politics is so unsavory. Okay, then we move forward to the verse number 15. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Uh, he makes a contrast here. Wealthy people have a lot of security naturally. Uh, it's clear that, and poor people are insecure. And this is a natural fact of life. Now, why would God teach this as an obvious lesson? Well, I, I like to teach this to young people because a young person has choices and they need to be thinking, do I wanna be poor or do I wanna be wealthy? They need to choose what kind of life they wanna live because it's always a struggle if you're poor. You don't have any security, you have no savings maybe. You don't have anything to, that can, can give you some degree of security. So uh, this is just a fact of life. It's not saying that rich people are better than poor people, but poor people have a hard way to go. And so uh, it's just a way the world operates. Verse number 16, the labor of the righteous leads to life, the wages of the wicked to sin. So ultimately doing work for the Lord leads to life. You end up better off and yet the wages of, of the wicked to sin. So ultimately, you end up in the, a bad way if you're working hard at working wrong and doing wrong. Verse 17, oh, speaking only about that, how many people try hard to cheat the system or cheat people out of everything or cheat in, in life? Well, if they apply that same amount of, of time to just doing the right thing, they'd probably be a lot better off. Oh, well, that's... That's another illustration. Verse 17, he who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction 
goes astray. Once again, you've, you and I, we have to change our course because if we do, we will follow the way of life. If, and if we are needing to change on something, let's change it. Change it. It's fine. Uh, let's don't dwell on it. It's not about whether uh, we're, we don't want to ever hurt people's feelings. The purpose in life is never to hurt people's feelings. It's to just get right. Do the right thing. That's fine. And forget about it. Verse 18, whoever hides hatred has lying lips and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Well, again, some people who hate, uh, if they hide their hate uh, by saying something they don't actually believe, then they're lying. And that needs to be clear. And then whoever spreads slander is a fool because it ends up coming back to hurt. Every time we stir up trouble, then it comes back on us. And that's why it's foolish, because it's like sending a boomerang. And it goes and it goes and it comes right back. And it happens almost all the time. Verse 19, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Ooh, very good, because uh, it's easy to just talk, 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 and talk too much. And it's very important to take time and be silent, or to especially be, as the Bible says, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So it's wise to restrain your lips from just saying the first thing that comes to your mind. You, you, you're not unintelligent if you keep quiet. You don't have to say something to act smart. It, it's the, the, my best professors and teachers, when people, when you ask them a question, if they didn't know it, you know what they'd say? I don't know. I, I, I do it all the time. I don't know. You don't have to compete and try to be the smartest person. It's not about being the smartest person. Keep quiet. It's good. There's a lot of wisdom there, and there's a good phrase we could use but, uh, about that. Uh, but we'll just stay quiet because if you just got to talk. I, look, I've seen some of these politicians at these committee hearings they have, and they just got to act like they know the, everything. And so they just keep talking and talking and talking. Come on. You don't need to. I don't want to be a preacher like that either. I don't want to just say, I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep, keep talking so I can get my hour message in. Uh, I'll probably be talking to a lot less people. All right, now let's look at verse number 20. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. So again, if a person is living right, they'll say right things, and it's like a beautiful silver, but the heart of the wicked is worth little. Don't want to consult with them. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. That's so true. People literally die because they're fools, and it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Uh, recently, I've been seeing people who were aggravating other people by the choices they were making, literally saying, do this, do that, and telling other people that they were wrong because the choices they were making, that it wasn't their business to tell people what to do. And then I've seen it, it's like so many of that same group of people, just suddenly they're dead. They just die. And they did their own advice. And they, they died quickly. Oh, well, fools die for lack of wisdom. Let's make sure to take care of ourselves first. Let's don't worry about everybody else and be a busybody. 
Verse number 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Now that's the key. If a person is blessed by the Lord, he's not gonna give you grief over it. So I think sometimes the reason why God may not give me or give any of us as much money as we might think we want is maybe by having it, we'd have grief and sorrow more than we could bear. Because literally, we should pray that God will give us as much as we can handle in a godly way without grief. So I think you have a green light to ask God for anything as long as it doesn't come with sorrow because you don't want to have sorrow with your money. It's not worth it. It's worth not having any money and being joyful than to have an unlimited amount and be unhappy. That's not worth it. Verse number 23, to do evil is like sport to a fool. (laughs) They just play around with it like, ah, it's just fun. But a man of understanding has wisdom. They're not gonna follow the crowd. They're going to make their own choices because they are a, a man of understanding. The fear of the wicked will come upon him and the desire of the righteous will be granted. Now here you get back into wants. Well, wicked people fear a lot of stuff a lot of bad things. And the Bible says that they are wicked, the very thing they're afraid of is going to happen to them. That's a, that's a curse. But the blessing is that the desire of the righteous will be granted. So if God's planted a desire in your heart and you're doing right, he'll give you that desire. He delays it a lot of times, but he'll give it to you if it's from him. Verse 25, when the whirlwind or the tornado passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. That's pretty strong. (laughs) That's pretty strong. Talk about protection. So the key is not building a bunker that's tornado proof. (laughs) The key is being right with God. Verse 26, As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy man to those who send him. So vinegar is gonna stain the teeth, smoke is gonna irritate the eyes, and so lazy people who are slack in their work are going to be to those who send them because you just keep waiting and it's not gonna get done. So try not to be that person. Try not to make problems for other people. Verse 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs days. Uh, in fact, the only, uh, the only one of the Ten Commandments that provided a promise for long life was for people who honored their father and mother so, so that their days would be long upon the earth. Hey, fools die every day prematurely. They really do. They're just fools. Don't be a fool. Be wise. And the fear of the Lord is being wise. But the years of the wicked will be shortened. And it gets, it's very quick. Verse 28, the hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. So we should have hope that things are gonna turn out well for us, not evil, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. So they're gonna hope for whatever, but it never is realized it's gonna die. The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but the destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. So if we follow the way of the Lord, we'll be stronger, but we'll have destruction if we work iniquity and evil. And the final three verses, the righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not inhabit the earth. 
So literally, God will secure us. Like Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. And we should be speaking wise words to people. We should help those who don't have our experience. We need to help people. But the perverse tongue will be cut out. Whether that's literal or figurative, it doesn't matter. It does matter that uh, they won't be able to speak. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. Some people, they can't say a word without cussing. They can't say a word without some, have a conversation without a dirty joke or an ugly statement because they are wicked. So they always say things that are off color. But the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. They actually consider their audience. They consider people. And they consider the fact that they don't need to have a bunch of filthy things coming out of their mouth. This has been one of the devastations of our culture. In the 1970s, we just suddenly, and I was a kid, I didn't know any better, I guess, and I just listened to all these comics who would say all these bad words. And it it didn't start yesterday. It started a while back. But, I mean, literally, they couldn't say a, a stand up without saying a bad word. It's awful kind of shows you the direction that our country has gone. Very sad. The Proverbs of Solomon. I don't know what rhyme or reason there was, but I do know for fact that following these things and, and finding those areas where we don't fit up and do what we're supposed to do, hey, let's correct ourselves. Let's do the right thing. It's so much positives promised to us here. Promise for life and security. Promise for joy. Promise for satisfaction. Think about all those things when you think of Proverbs chapter 10 because I'm telling you, those are real. Let's test the Lord to see if he really means his word and try to do what he says. And by doing that, God, I think, will have the glory. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that Solomon was so wise and left behind the testimony of these practical proverbs because they help us to live. Lord, forgive us because I can guarantee you, Lord, that I need to improve based upon what I read today. Please help each of us to underline and to highlight those areas where we need to improve and to enhance and augment those areas that we already have done well. Lord, I thank you that you love us and that you give us life and and let us be the enemy of death and evil and the destruction of our world the way the devil is fighting us. So Lord, give us grace and may every one of us uh, fall on our knees before Jesus in our hearts and humble ourselves so that we would rise and be elevated In Jesus' name, amen.